A very, very good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good from wherever you're uh, listening from around the world or just in the Berkshire town, which is Bracknell. I mean, you can, yeah, it's wonderful to have your company. It really is. And welcome to the unofficial Robins podcast with me, your host, Captain Birdseye. <laughs> This is your baby reporter, Gizu, bringing you all the news and views from the Town. I say, come on, you Robins. The sound of the Foresters' hornpipe all the way from Gloucestershire. But sadly, the Foresters, the nickname for today's schedule of visitors, Cinderford Town, have become the latest to forfeit their fixture in the Bilderbase FA Trophy this weekend at Large's Lane. The Foresters have several players self-isolating since yesterday after contact with someone testing positive for COVID-19. Current manager Stephen Cleal said, The players involved were with the squad for Tuesday night's game against Winchester City, and one who was advised today to self-isolate was actually training yesterday. It has been rumoured the club are waiting results from two players who have been tested and are waiting results after having coronavirus symptoms. It's a real pity as the match had all the ingredients for a real humdinger of a game as Cinderford ASC was Southern League Division 1 and South West Champions 2016. Founded in 1922 and affiliated the Gloucestershire County FA, Cinderford are currently members of the Southern League Division 1, South and play at the Causeway Ground in Cinderford, Gloucestershire. Their biggest victory was 13-0 against Cam Mills in 1939, but their heaviest defeat was 10-0 versus Sutton Coalfield in 1979. The record for the most appearances for the club was Russell Bowles, who wore the white and grey striped jersey 528 times in his career. Well, we wish Cinderford Town all the very best for the rest of the season, if the allocated matches are able to continue, that is. And so there's only one thing left to say. Come on, you Robins. Bottom Meadow Lane. Yeah, but first of all, thanks for um, coming and seeing me this morning, 
guy. I'm, uh, um, you know, love love to chat to the fans. Obviously, we can't do that in in our normal kind of fan forum or curry nights at the moment. So, uh, yeah, thanks for taking the time and doing this this podcast. So, um, the, the the move away from Largie's Lane um, for for new fans and perhaps fans that have been. Um, Probably more for new fans. I think that fans that have been around the club for a number of years will, will know that the club have been looking for a move. Actually, it's been thirty years in in the discussion. Um, when I when I took over and took control of the club in two thousand sixteen, they were on the cusp of a move out to, towards Binfield. Um, I actually pulled us out of that move because the 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 deal just didn't stack. It didn't look right. Um, we weren't. You know, I think we we're going to get about two point four million pounds for the site that we 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 currently occupy. So it just didn't. It wasn't right. It wasn't the right deal at that point in time. So you kind of and equally back then, back in 2015-16, we really didn't need to move because we were a step five side facing relegation to step six. So we didn't have a pressing need to move at that point in time. So I wanted to restart, take some time, and um, just reassess and think what was going to be better for the long term. What needed to happen first was we needed to improve what was going on out on the pitch. And um, and really, I think what we've done there over the last uh, four seasons is we've, every season, we, first of all, in that first season, we, we stopped stopped the rock and we didn't go down. Mark, Mark or Tally, as everyone knows him, uh, turned, turned the ship, turned uh, very late on and turned the ship and, and got us, after taking over at Christmas, kind of got us out of that, that relegation nailed on relegation and we, we, we stayed within the league to then bounce back the next year and, and finish runners up and, and ne- nearly going up and finally getting out in, in our um, the following season and up to up to, to step four then going into step four we, we've in the 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 two seasons we, we've played in step four first one we were straight into the, the playoffs mm-hmm. uh, nearly done a double bounce just come up short against Ch- Chesham um, and then obviously um, last season it, it got brought to a conclusion but hadn't we gone up last season this, these are the, 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 the bits that people don't understand our current ground largest lane um, is graded to step four the, the league we're in at the moment we have and we barely got that I mean we, we had to really beg to get the grading for our current ground and that comes back to simply our stood capacity. Now, if you kind of cast your eyes, anyone that was in the ground on the day that we faced Reading in the Barks and Bucks Cup, that one in a one in a ten year kind of game where you attract massive crowds, you you me as an owner, we, we're we're very much on the line from a health and safety perspective, and we have to ensure that we're following good practices within the ground. Well, anyone that was in the ground on that night know that um, we were on the. It was. It was very, very busy, very congested in certain points. And ultimately, that's the type of crowds we're going to be moving to. And you, you just can't do that in Largest Lane safely. And I can't do that safely. And more importantly, the FA will not grade us above step four within Largest Lane. So it's all, it centres around your stood capacity, health and safety and stood capacity. And that's something you physically can't change. We're so constrained on all four sides, all, all four sides of our ground that um, it's it's physically impossible to expect you know extend the side that we have all the spectators on at the moment because we've got the car park and the cricket club and then on the other side where the dugouts are you, you can't you can't expand on that side because 
you've got a house and a block of flats. Um, you've got Mount Pleasant and, and the Willows. So physically, on the two sides where you'd want to put stands and stadia, you physically can't. So that's the, the pressure. But reality is, so, so it's the punishment we would face if we didn't, if, if, if and when we, we, we attain promotion to the next level, you have to have a ground capable of playing at that level by the, the following March. If you do not, you face very, very um, clear. You will be relegated back down. Um, you, you, you'd be fined. It would be a disaster yeah. you know, to work so hard and get that get the club up to then only, you know. So my job's twofold. I've got to get the club moving forward and, and on um, by backing the manager and and, and um, investing in the academy, but but also got to make sure we've got the infrastructure, the stadia to support our push and drive up the up the non-league. So, you know, then that brings you on to your options. Where can Bracknell go? So, if you look in the borough currently, where is there a team playing from step three, two to one? What teams play within the borough? None. There's no grounds within Bracknell Forest Borough that would have grading from, from step one to three. So then look outside of the borough. What what options have you got? Well, you've got Farnborough, you've got uh, Hungerford, uh, you've got Slough. But if you want to approach them clubs, or if I want to approach them clubs about ground sharing within them clubs, we we lose... Number one, there's a tra- travel issue to every one of them sites. You're talking about half hour, 40 minutes, 50 minutes in certain instances. Then it's got to be a desire by that the owners of them clubs to want to let you in a ground share. So it's not like they, they are defined right to go and play in them grounds. No, I'd have to go out and negotiate with them owners about a potential ground share, and that's going to be costly, and it's going to be based about based on you know you take Slough for instance. Well, they've got people in their ground ground sharing, so that would be a no go. Um, Farm Road would come down to how much we're paying them. Um, Hungerford, grass pitch, um, I don't suspect they'd have much appetite to ground share with us because there's no synergy, we're miles away from them. But, so that'd be the challenge about centering around ground sharing. It would be problematic and tough and we'd be at the mercy of the, the clubs and it would never really feel like ours. So then you look at, then you have to look at other targets and, and there's no real land leaning itself out in the immediate future that will take a football ground so you have to look at current infrastructure and you, you go to Bottom Meadow what does Bottom Meadow have well, there's acres of open space they're not constrained their walkways around their pitch on all four sides are unconstrained um, it's a very safe so you can put in you know you can put a two metre wide walkway all the way around their pitch no problem at all you can tick the box on stood capacity you can uh, tick the box on um, the size of the dressing rooms, which is another big, big area. One, one that we found on at uh, Large's Lane. Um, we can tick the box on covered capacity. So we can tick the box on number of turnstiles and having more than one. So uh, there's another requirement: having um, the, the ability to segregate home and away fans. So you can do that at Bottom Meadow because there's there's two turnstiles. One. Uh, by the clubhouse and one up the top by the gate. So we can we can tick the segregation, uh, which becomes uh, people that come to our games. You can see come to our games the need for segregation. It, it, it grows as as you go up the non-league pyramid. So Bottom Meadow ticks a lot of boxes, but more importantly, Sanders Town Football Club sit within our group now. So if you'd have seen 
Sanders playing the week at Large's Lane, there was players playing in, in um, the Sanders squad that are a part of our academy. Nathaniel Larkins, Seth Britz, um, Alex Dedane. There was two others if they weren't injured, Paris Ruiz and uh, Manny Ruiz. They would have also featured had they not been injured. They're, so it's, a, it's more than just a, um, a, a partnership on facilities. It's a, it's a player partnership and player pathway. And more importantly, it's us making the investment in Sandhurst. So we are building the ground down at Bottom Meadow. So we're building it to the specification that, that benefits both clubs. It's going to help Sandhurst push on and get up the non-league pyramid. And it's going to help us push on and get up the non-league pyramid. So, so is it actually a merger between Sandhurst and Brighton or is it two separate, two separate clubs? Okay, this is... It's 100% not a merger. You don't... What gives us the strength? We want the, the two clubs to operate as independents. Sandhurst continue to be able to enter the FA Cup, the FA Youth Cup, Bratton to be able to continue to enter what the, the FA Cup and the FA Youth Cup. We want the clubs to remain separate. That is actually beneficial to our player pathway because we can give an academy player experience in the FA Cup. Yeah. With Sandhurst, because they're playing down at step six, it can it opens up more opportunities for the academy players. Um, as you know, it's very difficult for, to, to, to always give academy players opportunities at step four and if we go on and up. So very, 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 it is absolutely not a merger. Sanders, if anyone goes and watches Sanders, they have their own their own identity. Um, they actually will have their own board. Now, their governance, the FA won't let me own two football clubs. So yeah. they don't allow that. So um, they have to remain separate and they will remain separate. And for as long as I'm the owner of Bracknell Town Football Club, they will remain separate. So there's no, there's no merger. It's an alliance. We share resource. We work together. We collaborate. Like lots of, we should, we should do more of it with local clubs, collaborating, and especially in these times. It's bloody tough yeah, right now in sport to run sports clubs, um, it's it's hard. It's very 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 hard. So this this collaboration with Sandhurst um, and them joining our group to work in kind of an alliance is a positive. It's going to be a massively positive one for them because they're now already getting players from from our pathway. It sounds just really just like opportunities for younger people. And that's absolutely you know you was at the game on Sunday, okay? And and um, we gave a debut to Bracknell Town first team. gave a, gave a, um, a lad came on 17 years of age we had uh, Jack at, uh, in, in defence 19 years of age Bayliss 21 um, you know when you're you're looking at Max at 25 and Seba in the I think Seba's 24 23, 24, 25 um, very very we're a club that 55% of our first team is, 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 under, is under 21. Well, I spent five years in America on a sports scholarship for track and field, and you're doing the same thing here with the younger players, because I speak to the American players here, and it's exactly the same. And the amount of opportunity that you get by competing at people... I mean, I was competing against world record holders. You wouldn't have got that without the opportunity. In my view, it sounds like you're doing the same thing here. Yeah, so our model is... It's... 
so, so there's, I mean, I've done a few clips because I'm always asked what what is it we're building here. So on our on the SB Group Instagram page, I've I've started to record a few kind of five to ten minute clips explaining the project, and and you know you can go and check them out on on the SB Group Instagram and, and, and hear the project in in more detail. But ultimately, um, if you look at within the SB Group and then in our sporting division, what what is it? It's it consists of first teams, borders, and non-borders. And within our first teams, you've got Bracken first team, Sanders first team. And next year, you'll have SBFC operating at Step 7, new team, for 21-22. And the, the whole focus of them teams, um, certainly down at Step 7, almost certainly at uh, Sanders, is to give opportunity to players within our academic um they're on their academic journey with us and they're, they're, they're learning full-time with us and they're playing full-time in the daytime programme. That's why we're there to give opportunity to young players and it is very similar and in my head, what we're building here is very similar to what you see in, a, in an American college where you have, you know, they have 100,000 people go out and watch their uh, American football sides every week. You know, every week. Yeah. At college level, it's, it's crazy. But... I think by building what we're building, it builds, it's not there yet, it's, it's still some years from really flourishing and, and I, for, by no means, what Bobby's built within our first team is what Bobby's built within our first team, he's gone that, he's done that, he's brought them players in, um, but he's showing in what he's doing there that young players can compete. Now, if you kind of look at, we're going to start to see some shoots of our academy in the coming seasons. And we're starting to see it now. Some of our younger players, Nat Larkins and uh, Jack Penton, um, and even my son Jude. I don't really, I never, never talk about Jude because I don't want to be criticised for favouring my son. But you know, he's been here since six years of age, and he's now starting to starting to come through with the with the other players. Um, and you know, on the other side of the fence, we are gonna, you know, diversity. It's, I, I'm talk. I talk a lot about male. Um, sport and athletes and football players, but you know on the other side of it, what, what people aren't seeing at the moment is we're we're building our our ladies and, and, and girls academy as well. It's it's not that big at the moment, but you're going to hear us talk about that a lot more in the in the future as that grows. And that's why these facilities we're building are so important to offer opportunity to young boys and girls in in the local area in Borough. Many thanks, Kane. That's uh, that's answered a lot of questions. I'm sure the fans will be very happy about that. Just got a couple of other things that were mentioned. Uh, one of the fans asked about uh, what is happening about season tickets. In what respect? What uh, season tickets? They're they're on sale. Season tickets are on sale. On on um, you can purchase them via our. You know, obviously we partnered up with Kaizen this year to do online ticketing, uh, and they're on they're on sale. I mean, in terms of, I don't know really what they mean by them. They're on sale. Um, yeah, you can you can buy them. The only thing I, I think they might have touched on was because because of the COVID and uh, yeah. the, some of the games didn't go ahead. You know, are they? Do you want to? You just pay the you pay it and that's it. Or? Um, I think that at the end of the day, we live. None of us can see what's going to happen uh, tomorrow, no. next week. Um, I think as a as a club, we'd take a sensible approach to that. If yeah. if if. If this people have bought season tickets in the season, I don't even want to talk about the season ending really because my I, I'm a very positive person and I want to focus on the positive. But I think sure. what people know as a club, 
we would look after our fans in a worst case scenario. So I don't really want to talk about the negative because ultimately what I'm driving for is this season to conclude and focusing on that. But I suppose if people do buy season tickets and we get into a worst case scenario, look, I, th- I think people should know us well enough to know that we would look after them fans that, that, that outlaid on season tickets. Sure, many thanks. Well, this picks up on um, one of the issues you mentioned uh, with the ground. Somebody sent me a tweet saying that could we sort out the standing area to the left of the ground? People sitting in the lower seats cannot see. Suggest the whole area outside of the bottom bar is designated to no standing. That might help with uh, COVID-19 protocols, making people spread around the far side of the ground. Okay, so here's another issue. If you go over to the far side of the ground... We, um, we're not allowed, uh, I don't know if you've seen, but there's, um, we've had to make the, uh, the dugouts bigger and the players now have to sit on red chairs during matches. And if you go around, you'll see that they're all cordoned off and we have to have a, uh, quite a big exclusion zone between fans and that technical area. So frustratingly, we can't push fans around over to that area and let them populate that kind of 100 metre run of stood space because we've got to keep about, I think about 50 to 60 metres of it's being kept to protect the technical areas. So that's frustrating. I do hear it is very congested, hence why we need to move from this ground. It's congested with 400 fans. So, you know, if we if we kick on, it's only going to get more congested. But I do, I think that's a great suggestion. And, and uh, in recent games, we've had Stuart in, in and we will constantly work to get them to enforce a no-standing area there. Equally, though, that's the queuing point for the bar. So we can't rule it out completely, but we will work better. You know, we'll, we'll work to see if the stewards can keep that area a little clearer. Many thanks. Well, that really will rule out the possibility of opening up a temporary alcoholic or soft drink outlet on the far side for match days. It's just, I don't think that can be possible either. Um, we can't really do much on the far side. Um, we, yeah, again, it's it's being designated. It's, it's designated really players, um, but you know, um, yeah, it's not. It's not really. It's not. Uh, yeah, we, we, I don't think we'll be able to open a bar on the far side this season. Okay, thanks, Kane. And um, somebody asked, can we have a man of the match every game, even on away games? Uh, yes. I thought we did have a man of the match every game. Um, what is it? Do, do we not? <laughs> I normally see one on yeah. the, uh, the 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 Grandin man of yeah. the match. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, oh, don't... Vote, do we vote for a way? We do, what do we do? Hey, you got me thinking now. I've got to go to. I've got to go to my Twitter. So what do we? What do we do on Sunday? Let's have a Bradnell Town. We're away at FC Romania. Let's have a little look. to our social media guru and uh, we'll get on to that yeah. well, on the social media side I think Ricky's doing a fantastic job because if you can't go to a game yeah. you can follow it I mean I yeah. couldn't go to the Astrid game 
Yeah. It's really very frustrating. But I sat there and the tweets were coming in every couple of minutes. So it's a really good job. Yeah. He's doing a fantastic job. And I think um, historically what it was is um, it goes back to, I think, my memory serves me right, in the days where we didn't travel with many fans, when we'd do a man of the match, well, people were voting, having not seen. Um, so I think there was a point where we chose the man of the match, and I don't think that went down very well for the small contingent that was there. But uh, it's a fair point. Now we're getting such a significant following away from home. I think it's probably time that we reviewed that and uh, put it put it out to the to the travelling fans. Do they think should have got man match? Who should have got it on Sunday, in your opinion? That's a difficult one. Put you on the spot. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to remember the game now. So much has happened since then. <laughs> um, I think Jack. I think yeah. Jack was pretty, pretty good. Um, I'd probably go for him. Yeah. Yeah. But m- most of the other tweets that came in were related to the bar and <laughs> you know which sort of beer we're drinking. Uh, I mean, uh, listen, they're all fair points. You know, um, it's it, it's been a real challenge this year. We wanted to, to have a fully functioning bar this year in, in the bottom bar but um, it just the circumstances have dictated that we are only allowed to have this one way system and, and look, that's the right thing to do in, the, in this environment and uh, um, other challenges are again coming back to why do we need to move well if you look at our building I, I as a as I've got to I've got to make the club commercial I've got to make it commercially viable because every if, if Unfortunately, the fees that we generate on the gate and what we generate from selling food and alcohol on match days, that does not even come close to getting near to funding our first team. So everything else that happens at this football club helps towards the drive, the push, uh, and personal investment from, from my uh, myself and my, my organisation, the SB Group, help drive the first team forward. So that building and all of our buildings and our bars you know, on a match day, they're a bar, and then the rest of the week, they're delivering to our to our academy. You know, whether it's a gym, you know, the bottom bar, there's a gym down, down there, and then behind the bar, there's a physio room. Um, so it has to be very versatile, and it's not ideal, but that's why we're building everything we're building. So if you go to our to our campus on Largest Lane next year, that will be player-centric. It will be very, very, very specific to a player's need. Um for their educational needs, their playing needs, a gym, uh, physio areas, a dining hall, but it will be very, very player-centric. If you go to our stadium down at Bottom Meadow, it will be very much designed for the fan and only the fan and the fan in mind because the experience we're building down there, with the, we're building a proper fan zone, an outdoor fan zone, where you'll be able to have most beers, um, you know, Lots will have a lot of variety in our outdoor fan zone. Um, then we've got a lovely VIP uh, members bar um, for um, pre and, and post games, which is going to be a far nicer experience. I'll go as far to say um, I genuinely believe that our new VIP bar and members bar will be um, it, it, it will be a five-star experience. That is is a phenomenal. What we're building within the bar area is a, a phenomenal-looking lounge bar. Um, something that you wouldn't be out of place in a swanky kind of London hotel. It really is a special bar, um, and you know that's we. Um, I do do recognise that's one of our failings at Largest Lane. But look, we 
I can't do everything quite simply. I've got to, it's very, very tough at the moment to, to, to operate any business. So I have to adhere to a lot of rules, regulations. But more importantly, I have to generate revenue from this site to underpin our forward push. So it's very, very difficult. But that's why we're doing everything we're doing. That's why, you know, from we, we've invested in three sites. So if you come to Bracknell Town as a seven-year-old child and, and, and in our foundation phase, you're within the, the Randall score, our newly built Futsal Mooga Court. And that'll take you from seven to 11. Seven to 11. When you graduate that, you come to the, the SB campus, which is just off Largely Lane, around the corner from the ground. The pavilion there, I don't have any alcohol in it. It'll just be player-centric. You graduate from there when you get into our first teams and you go into the stadium environment, which is all very fan-centric. So, you know, we are, we here. I just suppose, give me some more time and uh, you'll see what we're building and you'll start to see that from the season 21-22. Exciting times ahead, Kane. Many thanks for your time this morning. Um, you're a busy man. I'm very appreciative of you doing that. I'm sure the fans will be equally as pleased. Uh, so many thanks again for your time. Well, listen, superb. Thanks for coming in. And listen... First of all, or, or finally, thank you to the fans because the fans this year have been phenomenal. Um, at home, we've got lots of new fans and more importantly, the ones that travel away, especially on Sunday, superb. And I love standing with the fans behind the goal, um, which I try and do as much as possible. Um, really enjoy it. So, so look, thanks for your support and um, yeah, I, I look forward to seeing you hopefully uh, at the game, uh, the game tomorrow if this is going out before then. <laughs> Many thanks, Kane.